Um, let us uh, chat to a private investigator about these matters, uh, a man called Christian Boerta, a li- fully licensed private investigator. He has more than 10 years of experience in the field. Uh, if you've ever read a book called The Shallow Grave and Other True Crime Stories by uh, Mitch Bowring Mickey, you might, uh, you, you'll see he's the subject um, of that book um, uh, in part. He's uh, trained in South Africa and England, now based in East London. And I have a quote uh, given to me of his. This comes from um, Christian Boerter's profile site. Sometimes instead of finding a malevolent criminal, he's called upon to prove a client's innocence. Uh, so he, he works on both both sides of the coin. Christian Boerter joining us on the line. Christian, thanks so much for your time. Good afternoon to you. Yeah, good afternoon. Thank uh, you very much. Are you, are you able to watch any of this trial at the moment, Christian? Well, in between my work, I'm trying to catch up on it, and but um, am watching as much as I can. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not specifically going to ask you for your comments about what is happening. I'm interested uh, more particularly on the issue of how to deal with crime scenes. And we know that uh, we, we've, we've got the state experts, uh, the police commanders, giving uh, colonels giving their evidence, and we know that Barry Rue is going to call his experts to try and counter those experts. And so it becomes really a battle of the experts, and I, I'm sure that you find this quite intriguing because you live in that world. When it comes to a crime scene and the sanctity of a crime scene, how difficult is it to preserve a crime scene properly? Well, firstly, it's very difficult to preserve it um, when other people have entered that crime scene prior to the police. Um, when you're talking about emergency services, you're talking about estate managers, daughters who have gone to console uh, the accused on the premises. So already that crime scene's already been contaminated in some other way. But the most important thing about any crime scene is preservation of life. Mm. So if somebody, the, the, the victim, is still alive, the most important thing there is to preserve that life. And by doing so, the scene can be contaminated. Yes. Okay, I understand that. that there, there, I suppose there'll be two steps you have to take first. You've got to make sure, first of all, that the crime is no longer taking place. If, if somebody's running amok with a, a, a firearm, you can't say, well, oh, let's secure the crime scene, then stop the man running amok. You do that first. And then, as you say, you attend to anybody who's possibly injured. You look at that. Then you commi- then you uh, secure the crime scene. So you've got to be careful in understanding if anything does move in a crime scene. It might have moved because um, an injured person was being attended to, for example. Yeah, that's correct. And But, you know, notes should be made at a crime scene, even if the first policeman arrives at the scene, as to everything what has transpired. Because any crime scene, you should have a crime scene register. Once you have cordoned off the scene, everybody who enters that crime scene has got to sign in and sign out. Mm-hmm. Time in, time out. If they take anything from exhibits from the crime scene, they've got to be bagged in a, a, a evidence bag, and that... Well, it has to be recorded when leaving the crime scene, the time you left the crime scene. So it's all about chain of evidence. Yes. But also keeping notes on while you're on the crime scene. Who's entered that room? Who's done this? I did got a glimpse of the TV where uh, Barry Rue was continuing regarding the photograph of the white cell phone. Yes, that's right. And, you know, what should have been done there, uh, not that I want to point out to the police that mistakes were made there, is that a photograph of the towel should have been taken first and then a photo thereafter of the towel lifted with the cell phone underneath it. Uh, and the same with the bat. They, they, they take a photograph of the bat in its original position. Then yes, if they want to turn they, it over, turn it over, then take another photograph. Yes, God, what actually transpired there, I just managed to see it now, is that um, 
he had put in his report regarding the cricket bat with the signatures on it. But the signatures on the other side, which you couldn't have seen um, when first initially approaching the room, yes. you would have just seen the bat line. You wouldn't have seen this thing. But in his statement, Colonel van Rensburg had made mention about the thing. But he did explain himself well thereafter by stating that after he didn't do the statement on the same day, it was two or three days later he compiled his statement and had added more intelligence during that to place his statement as as it was with regards to the signatures being underneath, because that came out maybe a day later or whatever. Mm. But uh, but what he should have done, I'm not trying to, to say he's wrong or, or right, mm. I mean, there is a record of that, uh, is that maybe just have said in his statement the bat was lying like this, only later on I noticed that there was writing underneath it. So it gives the, the defense something to... to, to go into to try and make him an unreliable witness. Yeah, to tr- try and chip away at things. It, it clear, what, what I am learning from this is that it is so essential once, you're, once you know that the crime is, is no longer taking place and that the injured people uh, have been d- dealt with, and let's look at the situation as it, it appeared for Colonel von Rensburg when he arrived, uh, Riva Steenkamp sadly, tragically, was already dead. Then it it is quite clear from a crime scene, a, a similar situation, that you, your your photographer plays a very important role. That he he needs to come in and document as much as possible before anybody else goes in. So you can subsequently see what's moved and what isn't moved. But he he almost has to preserve the crime scene through photographs, doesn't he? That's my, yes, he has to do that, yeah. Because as you'll see now, these photographs are displayed and how they explain the, the crime scene as they went along. And that will, so if there's anything that is moved, you, you and it's not stipulated in a, a photograph, you know, it's going to give the defense a, a nice case to, to, to open up and open up and, and discredit. Yes. Uh, uh, witness who, you know, I've been in the doc many a times being cross-questioned in, in cases that I've been involved in. Yes. And at the end of the day, these defense lawyers are very good, and they actually make you feel like you're actually lying. Meanwhile, you're not. Mm, yes. So uh, being in the, in the dock is, is a very daunting position to be in because – and that's why it is so important, which I've learned in, in, in my career, is that your statement makes the case. Yeah, so, ah, good. I'm glad you've got onto that. That that issue of the statement is so invaluable, and we're learning more and more how critical that statement is because it is yes. used as fodder. If, if if you're getting things wrong and you're saying something different in your examination in chief or under cross-examination to your statement, you're going to get pilloried. Yes, for instance, in that uh, one part with regards to... I think it was Mrs. Mrs. Berger, yeah. where she had emotionally had told uh, Captain Van Art her feelings during giving her statement, what she felt, but that never came across in the statement itself. Yes. So when it comes to court, she testifies that the defense will say, no, but in your statement it doesn't stipulate that. Yes. So it is so important, you know, to have a strong case for the state is to ensure that your statements are correct. Um, not to say that you know all the people in the in, who came in the crime scene as it's coming out in the court that this policeman says he was upstairs first, this one says he was, you know that is confusing. And that the person in charge of the crime scene should have everything recorded, everything noted, who went where, who went what, and ensure that their statements that not to put words in their mouth, but ensure that the statements are done correctly, so that according you... to what had transpired on the scene. And that's why you've got a crime scene manager who will monitor that scene during the collecting of evidence during the photography to ensure that everything is running as per 
Mm. Uh, it should be. Well, as you're saying there, you've got to establish this crime, uh, this timeline, haven't you, as to see, to see who goes where? Because now we do have this confusion: who were the first police officers to climb those stairs and go to the actual scene of the crime, the bathroom and the toilet? Because uh, Van Rensburg is insisting it's him, Boerta, and the photographer, which sounds. Uh, according to protocol, that should be the right thing. It's the photographer, it's the investigating officer, it's the station commander. But now we've got uh, a captain, and I'm not sure what Sabeta's rank is, saying that they were up there prior to the other three. Of course, Ferenzberg saying that's not the case. They're confused about the timeline. But the timeline needs to be established, doesn't it? Oh, that's most important. As I said, you know, I did a, a crime scene manager's course in, in 2002. And this crime scene manager was done was actually done through the, the forensics and the police, where all licensed private investigators and security service providers, uh, business against crime in Johannesburg, paid for for this course, and we could go on it for free. And that course was, was actually brilliant. The way uh, we were taught on how a crime scene is handled, and at that stage we were told that in the next five years every policeman would have done this course. And today, I haven't seen one policeman who's done the course. Uh, you know, you do at your police college, when you do your thing, you have got a, a, a section on crime scene management. Yes. But not as this course, as in-depth, you know, exactly what needs to be done mm. and how the registers must be run. Um, but also, sadly enough, you know, you're talking about, it came up regarding the booties, uh, which mm. uh, Wanderoff Sabota wasn't wearing. I mean, there's not many detectives I know out there who are issued with booties. Well, and, and, and we do know that there's going to be some evidence about a police boot that appears on, uh, I think it's a piece of wood, isn't it? Is it a piece of the door? And they're going to be yeah, questioned. Piece, yeah, a piece of the door. And obviously that is, you know, that's going to be very difficult to explain the way that if it's a police boot, that is a uniformed policeman, uh, not a detective. So what is a uniformed policeman's boot doing on the door upstairs? It seems then that this this crime scene management is um, well, I don't want to overemphasize it, but it it is so vitally important, um, uh, and it requires some kind of special expertise, does it, Christian? Oh, most definitely. You look at what I look at a crime scene. We call it the holy ground. Yes. Um, and you know that the people who did the course for us in two thousand and two was a specially trained unit in the police who went and got trained overseas by the FBI and so forth. And they came back, and their job was to come back to train each policeman. And this course was was given to, you know, security service providers, you know, your armed response guys and those type of things, because normally the first person on the scene is not the police. And like in Johannesburg with house robberies and those type of things, your uh, armed response guys are first on the scene. So it was made sense to make sure that these people are also all trained, even in the private sector. Um, to ensure that that scene is 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 um, uh, is preserved until the police allow, arrive, and then it's handed over from them to the new crime scene manager. And whoever takes over the crime, who's first at the crime scene, he's in charge. He can even tell the commissioner of police who wants to walk in there to to bugger off, okay. because he's in charge. And that is the process of a crime scene manager. He's in charge. No one can just walk in that scene. Not even if it's the president of the country, he can chase him. That's fascinating.